0: All right, boys and girls, it's Thursday morning. That means it's time for an old guy at a garage somewhere in America to start spewing shit into a microphone and calling it a podcast. It would be Grease the Wheels coming to you from the rock and roll garage and the old man is your Uncle Jimmy. Hey, I want to talk to you today about a little thing that human beings feel called nostalgia. Nostalgia. What it means uh, simply is that It is a wistful feeling, which means it's a feeling of almost remorse or regret or a longing for a time in your past, typically, where you were happy uh, or where you would like to go back to. Maybe you're not happy, but you were as happy as you could possibly get. Or maybe good things happened to you then or people were there that you loved and that are no longer here now. Nostalgia refers to a point in time that you long to return to. Now, you're thinking to yourself, what the fuck, Uncle Jimmy? What does nostalgia have to do with fixing cars? Well, stand by and I'll explain it to you, okay? One of the things that uh, I have suggested that all of you do is to, well, quite frankly, grease the wheels. Get the fuck out of where you're working if you're treated like shit and you're not paid enough and go somewhere where they're gonna pay you more. And really, in some cases, how is that not possible? I mean, literally, I've seen some of the paychecks and some of the amounts of money that some of you make or have made and have wondered, how in the fuck did you even put gas in the tank? Really, employers are out there trying to steal your services. They give you, uh, they pay you in dirt and, and gravel and expect you to do a perfect and professional job for, well, dirt and gravel. And uh, so in, in the course of trying to help you out, as human beings and as technicians and as people who are worthwhile people to know and to have working for you, I have suggested that you tell these cheap sons of bitches who are trying to earn a fortune and get rich on your back to fuck off, grease the wheels iron toolbox and get the fuck out. That's what I've been doing for the last almost two years now, is telling you to move on. Find a better place to work. There probably is one, okay? If it's miserable where you work, fine, okay? Now, Uh, What does that have to do with nostalgia? One of the things I've noticed is that a lot of the technicians I work with and I would say probably 90% of them and in fact 100% of the technicians I work with now uh, because the dealership I'm working at now was brand new about 18-19 months ago closing in on two years. All of those technicians that work there now with me and have been working there with me, have come from somewhere else, have worked somewhere else, unless they were new guys fresh out of tech school, and even then this is just going to be their first job. Most of us, most of us, I would say 90 to 95% of us have worked at more than one shop. It is rare, it is extremely rare in this particular profession to find a guy who has worked in one shop for 20 years. 25 or 30 years it's rare it's happened i've met some of these people and uh, they're a very uh well i don't want to put them down because i have a great respect for somebody who uh, can decide amongst themselves that they should remain employed with the people they've been employed with for you know however long uh, i mean on day two you have to make that distinction do i want to go back to work for day two, do I want to go back to work for day three? Do I want to go back to work for day 4,791? You have to decide every day when you wake up if you actually want to go in and work. And for somebody to do that and go back to work at the same fucking place for a, an extraordinary number of years, such as 20 or 30 years, uh, I, I think it's it, it, it shows a remarkable commitment. Some people can put up with an amazing amount of horseshit. And I think that in 30 years of working at one dealer, you would qualify as a horse shit master. You would have had to have put up with some of the most excruciating bullshit possible. And the rest of us get to a point where the bullshit is either too deep to deal with or just incoming too much, and it's overwhelming us, and so we lean down, spray some lithium grease in the wheels of the toolbox, roll that bitch out there and say adios, motherfucker, okay? But what happens to those of us who actually have left shops and and other jobs, is we suffer from nostalgia. And I say we suffer, and I use that term purposely. Okay, now nostalgia is kind of a, a sweet feeling, uh, and maybe a, a, a sort of a, a, a twinge almost. It's sort of a, a longing. It's sort of a, a pain almost that you long for. Uh, some place that you were at at one particular time or another, whether it was, you know, uh, you longed to go back to high school. I think some people longed to go back to high school. Some people longed to go back to their college years, or maybe they longed to go back to the years when they were just a teenager for whatever reason, uh, or they longed to go back to uh, – a, a particular job and that's really what we're talking about here but they longed to go back to a job they had where they worked with interesting people and they did something that was cool and they liked doing it it just did, you know for some reason or another they just didn't keep doing it they moved on and and hopefully they moved on to bigger and better things and sometimes no that didn't happen. Nostalgia is is kind of a it's kind of a painful feeling. I I feel nostalgia for uh, my days uh, directly after high school. I had uh, just a shit house of fun with friends. We drove around, drank and partied, and that was pretty much it. That was my daily routine. I'd wake up at noon and you know uh, mess around with the car. And then I would uh, go out drinking with friends later on, and it was a blast. Uh, Some of them uh, decided that they didn't want to do that for the rest of of their lives and got jobs or joined the service and did did other things. And I suspect that they feel nostalgia for those days, too, because we really did. We had a blast as, as kids. Uh, we were constantly at parties, and we were constantly out in the woods at bonfires and camping and just, you know, you name it, all the fun stuff, you know. We did a lot of it, so I'm nostalgic for that. One of the things, however, that I like to fight back is this feeling of nostalgia for previous jobs I've had. Now, I've had a million jobs. I don't want you know, obviously, that's hyperbole. I've probably had about 12 different jobs, from working in different auto parts stores uh, as a counterman. Uh, working in different auto parts stores as an assistant manager, as a manager, as a counter guy in another one, uh, working at dealership parts counters as the counter guy, working in one uh, GM dealership as the parts manager, which is sounds way more impressive than it actually was. And then finally becoming a technician, going to school, going to school for that. I went to college. Uh, actually, I went to college three separate times. Uh, and uh, before you fucking ask me why I didn't graduate, god damn it, I graduated from all three of them, so bite me, uh, from longing to go back to college or longing for uh, initial employment experiences as a technician uh, at either one of uh, three different shops that I worked at previously, uh, that feeling that that was fun or that I had a good time or that I was happy. In reality, that wasn't the, the exact truth. Now, it's real easy for us as human beings to remember some of the good times we had because that's, you know, that's basically what we're here for on this planet is to have some fun and, and to do things to help mankind if we can. And if we can't, fuck it, have fun, okay? And if you can have fun helping ma- mankind, uh, let me know what you're doing because I want to do it too. I, I'd like to help out and help mankind and help other people uh, and have fun and laugh and be happy. And actually... Truth be told, where I'm at now, that's kind of what's going on. There's a a lot of uh, uh, cool people that I work with, and we have a lot of fun, and we help each other out, and we are fixing cars and getting people mobile again. And, yeah, there's some problems there. And this is the thing with nostalgia. Nostalgia helps you or perhaps hinders you, you depending on which way you want to look at it. It it keeps you from remembering the bad stuff. And, really, I think that's a good thing. Should you remember the bad stuff? Nah, fucking... Throw it in the trash can, get rid of it, okay? But don't completely forget it. Don't don't clear your RAM, your personal mental read-only memory of what went on where you used to work. Now, I feel nostalgic for some of the jobs I've had, I do. Uh, I, was a, I was a parts manager at a store, uh, an auto parts store back in the 1980s that ran pretty well, and in retrospect, Uh, looking back, that's what in retrospect means, Uh, it was because the uh, employees that worked there were fairly smart, and they would do what you asked them to do, and they did it fairly well, and so there wasn't a lot of huge problems there, and everything ran fairly smoothly. Uh, People did what I asked them to do. People uh, didn't do uh, certain things. I would you know, give them a little hard time about that, but for the most part, it was a pretty well-run little operation. It was a little operation. I would say there was probably 12 employees, tops, and that you know, counting a handful of full-timers and a bigger handful of part-timers, and, and everyone seemed to get along, and we were all friendly, and we actually went out at different times. As a manager, it's a little unusual for you to uh, socialize with, uh, with your employees, but, but I did at that particular store, so I'm somewhat nostalgic for that. Okay, Uh, my mistake was that I felt like I was a good manager. Uh, I don't know, I think the jury's still out, and even though it was in the 80s, I can't look back on it and say, I was a good manager, I just got fucked. Uh, I think that that is what happened, but I, I mean, that's just completely my opinion. I decided to move on to a much bigger auto parts store in a much worse section of town, and I had extreme difficulty in getting people to even just come in and work there. Uh, there was always a help wanted sign in a the window. There was never anybody worth hiring that came in through the door. Uh, the people I did manage to hire worked for two hours and then quit. Uh, I didn't ask them to do anything extraordinary. I certainly didn't ask them to do anything different than I asked the employees at my previous store to do. So, uh, what was the difference there? Obviously, I'd like to say it wasn't me. Maybe it was. I don't know. But uh, after about eight or nine months of. Uh, not being able to get enough employees to work there and trying to do everything myself, I was pretty well fried. So when the management came in and said, you know, we want you to, we want you to quit, we want you to resign, I said, fine, have at it, asshole. They had promised me uh, that they would help me in any way possible, uh, anything that I needed to run that store. And then when I asked them for additional payroll to hire people, they said no. And so that went, that flew right in the face of what they promised me before I got there, and then that was my first taste of how managers are typically a bunch of fucking assholes, even though I was one. <laughs> so nostalgia for one particular location of an employment uh, period of my life, but not nostalgia for the other location with the same company. Okay, and that's when I found out that the company was run by a bunch of fucking stupid, fucking lying cocksucker assholes. Okay. And uh, I can't stress any one of those words enough. They were a bunch of fucking dicks, and that company no longer exists, and I'm glad for it. And if I was to run into some of those fucking pricks on the street, I would probably haul off and punch them right in the fucking face because they deserve it for being a bunch of jackasses and treating me like shit. I worked my balls off at that second store, and it just wasn't going to come together because I just didn't have enough money to hire any kind of employees that were worth the shit, okay? Okay. Anyway, so I'm not nostalgic for that one store. I'm nostalgic for the other store. Uh, I went from there to another store where I was uh, installed as the parts manager for some reason or another. I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, But it was a really, really tiny, small jobber outlet store in the late 80s in my hometown. In fact, it was about a mile from my house. and uh, Frankly, uh, just between you and me, I should have uh, been happy working there. I should have been over the moon. I should have just been as happy as as a pig and shit working at that little store. You know, it was like a, re- a center of activity for car guys in the town somewhat. And uh, I met a lot of really cool people there. But the people I worked for, uh, I don't know how they succeeded. And ultimately, in fact, they didn't succeed. They failed in the end. But they were succeeding at the time. And they requested that I do things that were not really humanly possible. The competition was uh, pretty brutal and, and in order to stand out we had to do certain things for certain people that, that, that required an additional employee which we weren't allowed to have unless we made x amount of money and then when we did make x amount of money and they came in and told me that I I needed to have x amount of money to have an extra employee they didn't know that I had actually had sales that exceeded that sum and so Uh, It was funny to watch my manager shut the fuck up when I uh, showed him the sales figure numbers, which, by the way, he should have had, and show him that we, in fact, did make that much money and we could afford to have another employee, at least for that month. Uh, It was an extremely good month. I earned enough money so that I could have a third employee, which I had already anyway. And so for one month out of that particular year, my direct district manager... Had to shut the fuck up. He had to shut the fuck up. He had nothing to say. He had he didn't believe it was doable. We did it. We did it once. That was it. It was uh, shortly after there that the store, uh, this auto parts store, was robbed. Somebody broke in the back door, took all the cash. It probably wasn't that much in there. I mean, maybe, maybe eight hundred bucks. You know, it's like, pff, what'd you get? You know, I know, I I know who did it. I told the cops I knew who did it. I mean, I didn't see them, so they they were like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then the next day, they came in and said, well, we don't want you here anymore. Maybe they thought I was in on it or something, and I wasn't. Uh, So I left there. I'm not nostalgic for that job, okay? I hated that job. Even though I should have loved it, I hated it. The next job, believe it or not, I hated even worse because the manager there, Uh, I worked as a counter guy, and the guy who was a manager was on my top five list of dumbest adult human beings I've ever had the unfortunate pleasure to work with he was a fucking blazing idiot and ignorant and just just he was just terrible all the way around there was nothing about him that I liked nothing and I used to go out of my way to do certain things to torture him and he used to ride me uh you know I did my job I did my job the best I could and he would ride me and I I didn't like it so I, I left there and went to work for one of his customers and as in <laughs> my job at that particular shop it was uh, I was a uh, selling a uh, chinese crash parts and i left that job to go to a body shop and be the parts manager where i actually ordered said cheap chinese crash parts and as soon as i got there i called him up and made an order with them and he almost dropped the phone <laughs> he dropped the phone And he couldn't believe that, yeah, because I had just quit seriously 10 minutes earlier. Not not even making this up. I quit, got in my car, drove over to this new place, started working, they asked me to order parts. I called them up and ordered parts from them. And then that was the last time the parts got ordered from them by that shop for about 10 months. And so it cost them about $10,000 a month to be an asshole to me. Now, I'm not nostalgic for any part of that job, but uh, the payback was a bitch for that stupid, ignorant Lazy, ugly cocksucker. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then working at the body shop was also not my uh, not my uh, cup of tea. So I, I ended up leaving there. I'm not nostalgic for that job. I uh, worked in another sh- another place where we built industrial controls, and um, I uh, was laid off from that job and ended up working at the Pep Boys. And uh, it's it's funny. I am slightly nostalgic, believe it or not, for working at the Pet Boys because of the people I worked with. I worked with some people who are still to this day friends of mine, uh, and uh, I met a, a great deal of other people who were awesome. I met a few people I could have completely lived without, and it was cool. I ended up getting fired from there because a customer uh, had threatened me and uh, tried to uh, assault me by throwing a battery at me, and I uh, was in the process of dialing a telephone uh, to call 911 when he threw this battery at me, and so he threw this battery at me, and then I swung at him with the phone in my hand. And uh, I'll tell you what, in the best, uh, in the God's honest, best uh, movie stuntman fashion, I didn't actually connect with him, but it sure as fuck looked like I did. And so I got fired for hitting a customer, which, you know what, I'm not really proud of it, but I'm also not unproud of it. I'm not ashamed or uh, upset with myself for it. This little motherfucker deserved it. Anyway, uh, my next jobs were inconsequential and terrible. And uh, and then after that, I became a, a parts manager for a small GM dealership in my hometown. And I'm going to tell you, that was a great little job. And I am slightly nostalgic for that. Uh, I don't even want to say slightly. I'm very nostalgic for that. The problem with that particular job was that it paid ho- it didn't pay very well. And it, it shouldn't have, because it was it shouldn't have. I mean, like you look at what you have to do every day, and you say, they're paying me to do this? This is just dumb. They could just put a bell here and have somebody come over from some other department and do what I do. But I, uh, I earned a salary. It wasn't that great, but I also didn't do anything, really. I mean, it wasn't hard. Uh, I just did what people asked me to do, and uh, it was cool. But I wasn't going to be able to get to, I mean, I was just barely, I was keeping up with my bills, and that was about it. And uh, I didn't have to, again, I didn't have to drive very far to work. And, you know, it was a great job. I made a, I made a lot of great friends there as well. Uh, it was a good place to work. The I liked the people who owned the place. And there were, there were never any hard feelings about what happened. But I had decided at uh, a certain point in that job that I needed to come out from behind the counter and become a technician because there was... A dire need for technicians, even at that time, and that was almost 20 years ago. Uh, and and it was something that I could slide into pretty quickly. But I wasn't uh, familiar with a couple of systems on, on automobiles, so I ended up going to an automotive tech school, filling in all the blanks that I had. And then I ended up going through a specialized manufacturer training program. Uh, and I'm a slightly nostalgic for both of those places. Okay, the tech school that I went to, I made a... An enormous amount of friends there and had a real lot of fun and it was there for a year one solid year with six months of automotive training and then six months of uh, hot rod building classes which were cool but I remember that all of us by the time that hot rod program got going we were ready to get the fuck out of there okay and this is the point of this podcast is there were a lot of things about going to this tech school that were great there were a lot of things about it that weren't so great and the, the the feeling of being rather homesick wishing that I could you know go out to my own garage and work on my own stuff instead of you know learning about it and the camaraderie I had with the people that I that I worked with that I went to school with and the things that went on in that particular town at that time uh The feeling was 50-50. And I'm just being honest with you and and myself. uh, There were a lot of great things about it. There were a lot of things I liked about it. There were a lot of things that were good about it. But there were also things about it that I hated. There were also things about it I couldn't stand. And there was a lot of reasons for me to want to get out of there, for me to want it to be over with. And in fact, what we did was we at one point sat down and counted how many days were left before we could go home and every day when we went into class we would count down we go 22 days until we're out of here 21 days until we're out of here and then eventually we were out of there and i talked to a friend of mine that was in the classes with me he was in all of my classes and uh, we, we we keep in touch on facebook he's from another part of the country and he doesn't really even work in the automotive industry which i always uh i was always distressed about somewhat uh, a lot of the, a lot of the people a lot of the fellow students that I went to this particular automotive uh, school with are not working in the industry. They're not. Uh, all the guys I, I, I went to school with that I still contact, that I still know, that I still hear from either on Facebook or whatever, or texts or uh, calls, none of them are working in the industry as technicians. Uh, one guy's a parts manager at, a, at a O'Reilly's, another guy works in a a factory as a manager, another guy works as a fireman. Uh, they went to tech school to be auto-owner mechanics. I was the only one, as far as I know, that actually still went to work on cars and still works on cars. Maybe it just proves the insanity of your Uncle Jimmy. I don't know. Uh, but I, when I speak to these guys, they go, wow, we had a lot of fun. I wish you could go back. And I go, wait, 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 wait a second. And this is the point of this podcast here. Try to remember how badly we wanted to get the fuck out of there. I mean, yeah, we had a lot of fun, but man, we were dying to get out of there. We wanted to leave. We wanted to graduate and go home and and get on with it. We just didn't want to be there anymore. And they always are like, "Oh yeah, I do remember that." So when you think, and uh, and this is the point really of the of the podcast here is when you think back on a job that you used to have, and you think about all the good things that were, you know, maybe they had a a, a really cute cashier there or maybe uh, you had you were friends with everybody in the shop and maybe you guys did things together and maybe you're still friends with those guys and some of the things that they did at that shop, uh, you're nostalgic for because they don't do that at your current shop or maybe maybe some of those, uh, some of the cars you used to work on, maybe, maybe some of the customers that you used to fix their cars, maybe you're nostalgic for some of that, but remember, try to remember what it was that made you leave. Now it doesn't mean you have to turn around and forget all the good shit either. Okay, you've already forgotten the bad shit. Don't forget the good shit, and you can you can marginalize the bad shit, but don't forget about it because if you get a chance to go back, if you get a chance to possibly get rehired at an old job, and I've done that, I got rehired at a couple two three jobs I used to have. Uh, yeah, a couple two three 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 different jobs, and uh, I personally didn't fool myself about how they were the first time. I didn't fool myself. Uh, the w- one job I had, I worked at a shop and they were terrible. There was just a terrible place to work. I didn't like working there. It was in my hometown. I sh- here again, I should have loved it. I should have loved it and a lot of people there were were cool and I liked them a lot and I'm still friends with a lot of them and I I I just they're, they're great people, but the overall attitude that existed in that particular shop at the time I left the first time, and the time I left the second time, was that nobody there in management, or as service advisors, or even as a general overall feeling, nobody gave a shit. They did not fucking care. They did not care. They did not care what the fuck happened. It was about, it was really kind of selfish. It was like, it's all about me, and whatever you want, fuck you, okay? I mean, at one point, The vice president of the company that owned this particular dealership was in the drive-on, which is where people pull the cars in and the rest of the shop is right there. I mean, right there. We can hear and see everything that's going on there. He stood right in the middle of that drive-on and he was screaming at the service manager in the most unprofessional manner I have ever seen in my life, berating him, putting him down, just generally attempting to humiliate him. And this man was so fucking dumb that he was... He couldn't be humiliated because he was too stupid to realize he was being humiliated. And he said out loud that he actually hated the brand. He hated that place. He hated the the dealership. He hated the brand. He hated everything about it. He hated that place. He hated it. This was the vice president of the company. Uh, As near as I could tell, one of the more ill-educated human beings I've ever had a sorry privilege to meet. Now, I have nostalgia for that particular place uh, but strictly because of the people who work there. And I can see them anytime I want. So I don't, I don't need to, uh, have a painful feeling of regret about not seeing them. I can go see them anytime I want. And, uh, we can relive some of the fun we used to have, some of the good times that we had, what few there were. And, uh, but for the most part, I remember distinctly how terrible I thought that place was. And I left. And because of circumstances with my, uh, with my mother, and where I was living at the time, I actually moved back to that town and uh, went back to work there again, and immediately, on day one, regretted it. Uh, one of the reasons I held out so long there was that, uh, f- number one, uh, we changed service managers. Again, we, when I was there, I was only there, I think a grand total of about three years for both stays, and w- went through, I think, three or four different service managers. We're just it was just a terrible place and the attitude and 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 everything was just really bad about it, it had a poor uh ambiance to it i guess you would say if you were french uh it just didn't have a good feel to it and and it wore me out it wore me out in a quickly it wore me out too i got to say Uh, We changed uh, right towards the end of my last stay there. We changed service managers again, and we were told that he was a new messiah and that he would fix everything, but like the who say, don't get fooled again. Meet the new boss. He was the same as the old boss. Uh, The parking on the left is now parking on the right. Uh, Really nothing changed, and he didn't have any groundbreaking, earth-shattering moves that he made to make it better. Uh, Things just continued along the same lines as they were before so i just put that place behind me again and uh went actually went back to the shop i'd gone to from there uh where uh everything was a lot better there was a better attitude about the place the personalities of the people who worked there were better uh the customers were better every everything was just better and not on a huge factor i'd say you know on a scale of 1 to 10 the uh, entire experience at the one shop was probably a four, and the experience at this shop was probably a seven. Uh, I think the one negative factor that the sh- the, uh, the shop I moved to was that the service manager was a fucking piece of shit. Uh, a nice guy, uh, friendly, people liked him, he was likable, but as a, as a service manager or as any kind of a manager, he was a worthless lump of dog shit. And uh, he was the reason I left the first time, and he was also the reason I left the second time, okay? So am I nostalgic for, nostalgic for that job? I, actually, I am, because uh, we did a lot of good work for a lot of good people, with a lot of good people. There was just one or there was two people there, actually, that ruined the whole fucking thing for me. And if I could have murdered them and gotten away with it and kept working there, I probably would have. But uh, it it doesn't work out that way. And I ended up leaving. And and actually, you know, uh, as an auto mechanic, I did something that that I think probably not a lot of you could do. And uh, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't do it again. But I I went unemployed for like eight months. I just didn't get a job. I didn't look for a job. I had money saved up and I was able to pay my bills and my rent. And I hung around for eight months. And uh, eventually I got pretty restless and the money started to run low. So I went to work for a friend of mine at an independent shop and uh, I am, I can tell you right now that I am extremely nostalgic for working there as well, but there were things about that shop that I couldn't stand. There were things about that shop that drove me wild. Uh, and I was, I was not in any kind of a position to make any sort of a change. It wasn't my place. And I found out uh, one day that it wasn't even my place to make any kind of suggestions because they're not, uh, they're not welcome. So you know, and when you work in a place like that where, you know, you have experience working in the industry for, at that time, you know, almost 30 years. And somebody says, you know, we don't give a fuck what you think, basically. And whatever you want us to do, we're not going to do it. Even we'll, we'll, We might do it later, but it's going to be our idea then, which is fine. I, I get that. I get that a lot, too. I'm not nostalgic for that. But uh, I ended up leaving there and making a complete change. I had some personal stuff going on and I had some professional stuff going on. And what I did was I, I cut the umbilical cord and I pulled up the anchor and I got the fuck out of that town. I got away from everything that was pissing me off. And uh, most of it was nobody's fault other than my own. You know, there's things that, that go on every day uh, that irritate the shit out of me and I can't do anything about it. Um, all I can do is try to eliminate the things that I can not eliminate. There's other shit that I put, there's other shit that I put up with that I really wish I didn't have to. And uh, we have talked about it before. I laugh because one of them is gravity. I've talked about that before. I fucking hate gravity. I mean, you you can't you can't for one second let go of something and have it stay right there. It won't. It doesn't happen. Do I want it to happen? Well, no, not really. Uh, Gravity's pretty important shit on this planet. You know, it keeps everything down, including me. But goddammit, I have screws that I have literally dropped six and seven fucking times. And uh, it's ridiculous. And no matter how many times I tell them they don't have permission to go on the floor, they fucking go right on the floor Uh, anyway. And I just want to take a fucking hammer and smash them until they're iron ore again. I really do. It can't even begin to tell you how much it pisses me off to drop stuff and I've got carpal tunnel pretty good so the fingers yeah they work all right I can get the job done but every once in a while my fingers just say watch this I'm holding your beer so I can't hold that screw anymore watch this (laughs) right on the floor it goes and I don't have the best back in the world I've been beating it up for a bunch of years now and trying to pick up shit that's too heavy and not picking up shit right not using my knees like I'm supposed to I've gotten to the point now where I carry around a fucking magnet, you know, one of those extendable magnets, and when I drop something on the floor, I pull the magnet out, and I fucking let the magnet pick it up, and then I pull it up in the air, and I got a screw on the end of a magnet that has fallen on the floor six times, and I'm screaming at it. You little sucker!" Oh, God damn it. And I've lamented before, I wish we had the gravity that they have on the moon. The moon has one-sixth of the gravity that we have on Earth. You, You drop something, and it's... Makes this really slow journey towards the ground. How fucking cool would that be? It's a lot of shit that would suck if we had one sixth gravity. Uh, bowling would be one of them. You know, you, you, you'd have a, a 95 pound bowling ball that weighed, well, what's a sixth of 95? For Christ's sakes, only like 15 pounds, 16 pounds, something like that, right? You could throw that fucking thing as hard as you want, it doesn't even touch the alley. And it gets down there, and these pins, they're just sort of floating there. They're they're not really on the alley. I mean, yeah, they're on the alley. but And then you don't get the pin action. Because, you know, I'm just saying bowling is just one of the many things that would suck if we had no gravity or if we had lower gravity. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that would suck if gravity was one But one of the things that would suck would be when you drop something, you have eight or nine different opportunities to catch it before it hit the fucking ground. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. I had Every once in a while I just go off and it doesn't make any sense like that. The point of the podcast is, and I, I started talking about nostalgia and nostalgia for a place that you used to work. Uh, when I suggest that you grease the wheels, i talking about a process mostly. I'm not just talking about Flipping your boss off and rolling your toolbox out the door because of some disagreement you're having with him, something he said he would do that he's not doing, uh, some rate of pay, some amount of money that he owes you, whatever. I, I'm i not talking completely about that. I'm talking about having a plan. I'm talking about putting together a plan, a, a an emergency plan maybe if you want, maybe a, a, an exit plan, an exit strategy so to speak. I'm talking about Figuring out what you're going to do. And sometimes figuring out what you're going to do if you want to leave a shop, if, you, if things are unbearable, you don't like the guys working next to you, you don't make enough money, you're working on garbage, you work in a shitty neighborhood, and you're multiple, multiple miles from home, your commute sucks, everything about the particular job you're at sucks, okay? And you're going to go work somewhere else, you're going to put in applications, you're going to put out resumes, you're going to figure out something else to do with your life you need to sit down and you need to take a piece of paper or maybe uh, make an excel spreadsheet and do the pros and cons list now i've talked about this before in previous podcasts but i think it's very important to make a pros and cons list when i left uh, the great state of new york and i used that term sarcastically thank you very much and wanted to move i had my sights set on the state of texas there is an extraordinary amount of opportunity down here. The weather is almost always gorgeous. Uh, there's a lot of great things about the state. There's a few things that eh, aren't so great, but for the most part, it's it's very nice down here. There's a lot of really friendly people here, uh, and they know how to have fun. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed about them is that they don't really look like they're ever working very hard. They seem to take a, a much more casual, blase attitude towards actually doing the fucking job kind of drives people from the north a little wild doesn't drive me wild i come in i bang away at stuff all day long i go home and my paychecks uh, indicate that i have actually done a lot of work there's sometimes l not so much but that's neither here nor there one of the things you need to consider if you're going to make a list of pros and cons and if you're even going to consider going back to a shop you used to be at you used to work at a shop and you did good work for them, but they treated you like crap, or there was somebody there you hated, and they've called you up, and they've reached out to you, and they said, listen, we want you to come back to work for us. This happens to us, I think, more, I really honestly think this happens to us more than it does to a lot of other people uh, in a lot of other professions. I think it happens to us way more because... People don't understand what skills you have until they see them, and then they don't appreciate them until you're gone. And that's one of the things that goes on, because I think that uh, a lot of managers at shops and dealerships are just kind of knee-jerk people. They're not proactive. They're reactive, and they see you, and they see you every day, and they're familiar with, with the things that you either can't do or the things that you fucked up and the comebacks that you've had, but they don't know that you've worked on 150 cars in the course of the last two weeks, and you had one comeback. They remember the comeback. They don't remember the other 150 customers' cars that were fixed properly and correctly and probably even economically if you're good at what you do. Okay? They don't remember that until you're gone. And then when you're gone, somebody goes, hey, you know, you he he only had like two comebacks out of 300 cars you worked on. Stupid. You shouldn't have treated him like shit and made him leave. Dick. So for you... What you need to do is fight through the nostalgia of wanting to go back to work at a place where you're familiar with everything that goes on and a lot of it was good, maybe only some of it was good, you have to put that on your list of pros and cons. You have to make the list, even if you just do it in your mind, okay? Sometimes just thinking about it. And if you go to go back, okay, let's say you're gonna, you know, you have a list of pros and cons. Another list that I think that you should make if you're considering increasing the wheels is what the fuck is wrong with this place? And if the same thing's wrong with the next place, I don't want to work there either, okay? And I've done this. I personally have done this. I made a huge, it was. It ended up being two pages, uh, a huge list of questions that I asked future employers about what goes on at their particular shop. One of the things on it, just as an example, was how do you get cars that don't run into the shop? And if they say, well, we just push them in. Uh, no. Not anymore. I'm not doing that shit anymore. I'm way too fucking old, and my back is too fucking bad for that shit. I'm not going to push some dead-ass 7 Series BMW into the shop from the North 40. It's not going to happen. you got to have some fucking motorized vehicle of some sort, whether it's a truck or a gator or a fucking forklift or even a fucking pusher, whatever. you got to have something to get that car into the shop. Because if I have to push a seven series from the North 40 into the shop, I'm going to have to have at least two, maybe even three or four other motherfuckers help me who, by the way, don't want to help me because they're busy working on whatever it is they're working on. I don't want to do that. So when I was looking for a job, I said, how do you get cars into the shop? And if they say, oh, we push them in by hand, I just say, oh, thanks. Well, I'm not, I don't want any part of that. And I crossed them off the list of places I'm going to work. And I'm fucking dead goddamn serious. I'm not pushing cars. Fuck that. Some of these people have dealerships that they built on a hill and they park the cars down the hill. And when the tow truck driver comes in and drops off some dead ass piece of shit with a, you know, whatever fucking problem it has, I got to push the fucking thing uphill. (coughs) I'll take shit. Uncle Jimmy's not going to do for 800 Alex, not pushing cars anymore. Okay. Where I'm at now, we have a forklift and a tow rope, and we hook them up, and we pull them in, and that's it. End of sentence, okay? Not going to push them anymore. I will push them the fucking five feet into the stall after I unhook the tow motor, okay? We have a pusher, too. But we've been open about 18 months, and the pusher spent about 16 months of that broken. So the pusher cannot be counted on. It's a brand-new piece of equipment, and it has almost never worked properly. This is one of the things that you have to do if you're nostalgic for your old shop. You have to, and you have to be harder on them. They had a fucking chance with you once, and they blew it. Okay, so if they say, "Oh, we want you to come back," and I say, "Well, you know, is uh, is Billy Billy stupid fuck still there?" Well, yeah, he's still here. But then I'm not coming back. I'm not going to deal with this booger eating morons comebacks anymore. I had to fix everything he fucked up when I was there, and I don't want to do that because I can't make any money at that okay because if if this kid goes in and and you know he breaks a valve cover or he stamps off a hose or he does this that or the other thing and then he lets it go you got the customer angry at you okay so the customer's angry at you you bring it back and then you give it to me because billy dumb can't fix it right so i gotta fix it right and i get done fixing it right the customer's still angry you're not going to charge him you're not going to want to pay me right right OK, so now the guy goes online and he says, oh, this shop fucked my car up. There are pieces of shit, even though we went back and fixed it for him, that I wouldn't take my car there. And you're the guy who repaired it the last time it was there. But you're not the guy who caused the problem. I don't want to deal with that shit. If, if I'm going to go back to a place and they have employees that I either don't like or don't want to be associated with as far as how they want to ruin the shop's reputation, I'm not going back. Fuck that. Fuck that. Okay, put that on your list of, of cons, reason not to go back to that shop. Fight back your nostalgia. Maybe your absolute best friend in the whole world works there. But if you know the Billy Booger-eating moron still works there and he's still fucking up cars, tell him, say, listen, I'm not coming back until you get rid of that piece of shit. They'll be like, well, that's my nephew. I go, I don't care if he's your fucking father. Get rid of him. He's ruining your business. He's got a shit attitude. He doesn't ever want to do anything right. And we got to fix his fuck-ups all the time. Open your motherfucking eyes and tell him to get the fuck out. And then maybe I'll think about coming to work for you. And even if I don't, you're going to be better off by sending the moron on his fucking way, okay? Because we know, we all know, we've all worked in more, most of us have all worked in more than one shop. And in all of those shops, there's always that one fucking guy who is just not cut out for the job. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? He's a fucking moron! There it is. (laughs) You got to get rid of that guy. You got somebody in your shop who's fucking shit up and he's an asshole and he's got a shit attitude. Just get rid of him. Get rid of him. It's not worth it. Okay. It's not worth it. You may think to yourself as a manager, oh, well, I've got to hire technicians. I need more technicians. I need more technicians. So what do you do? You lower your standards. You lower your standards and you hire anybody who has a tool set and can fog a mirror. No, stop doing that. Okay. So instead of being nostalgic for working with your friend and be nostalgic for the fact that they buy lunch every Friday, or or maybe they give you bonuses every time you make over 40 hours, or, you know, I mean, it's, it's, all that stuff sounds really good. And you could be nostalgic for that stuff, go ahead. But don't forget the bad shit. Don't let nostalgia overcome what was not right about where you used to work, if you're considering going back, okay? And also, you know, if you run into certain situations in some shops, well, when you're Talking to a new shop, remember that stuff and ask them if they do the same fucking thing because a lot of them will do the same thing. I mean, you know, we're talking about the pushing the car scenario. Not going to do it. I don't want to do it. If I go to work at a shop and they don't have any way of getting a car in without me being the power behind pushing it in, not going to do it. That's serious as a heart attack. Not going to push a car in to the shop. Too fucking old for that shit. Okay? Now, nostalgia can be a really, really great thing. Uh, it's a lot of fun when you're drinking to go, hey, remember that time we did this and you have a good laugh? Or you remember somebody you used to work with who passed away maybe and you think, wow, you know, I, I'm glad I knew that guy or I knew that girl and I'm glad that I worked with her or him and I'm glad that I got to know them and, and I feel privileged to have known them. And, and I hope everybody in their family's okay and everybody's doing good and, and how much you miss them. You know, that's okay to have nostalgia like that, okay? Don't let it cloud your judgment. Don't let it make you go back into a situation where what is going to irritate you only becomes obvious to you again after you've accepted the job and gone back to it, okay? Don't do it. Hey, when you grease the wheels, uh, you need to, uh, and I mean, I have spontaneously quit jobs. I have. I've left jobs in every manner possible. I've been fired, asked, resigned, laid off, uh, sent home and not and asked not to come back. You name it, I, I have done it. I have done it. And th- there was a couple of times where it was uh, somewhat humiliating, somewhat aggravating, uh, somewhat annoying. But it's part of life. Almost nobody worked at the same job for a great number of years. So have a plan. Okay, put it down. Put it down on paper or log it into your computer uh, in a work uh, work document or on Excel or something like that. Things you don't want to put up with anymore. Things you don't want the things that the next shop you work at better have straightened out before I get there. And and some shops, they look and and, and I talked about it in a podcast called Rosie Picture. Some shops will fill you up with bullshit about how great they are, and then when you get there you find out that it was bullshit and they're not as great as they think they are. And maybe they were just straight up lying to you and they know that it's fucked. So this is something to keep in mind for all you boys and girls out there looking to actually grease the wheels. Have a plan, have some conditions, have some requirements for your next to, your next employer. And you know. besides the money, obviously you don't wanna switch jobs and make less money. Nobody wants to do that. Unless you win the lottery and you wanna just volunteer for the rest of your life, nobody really wants to do that. And uh, be sensible about what your next move is, okay? Talk to people who are there, talk to people who do what you want to do there, see what's going on. The best thing would be to talk to somebody who isn't there anymore and find out why they left. And if their experience mirrors, even remotely, what's going on in your shop now and you wanna leave, then maybe that might not be the place to, to go to, okay? Hold your future employer up to a set of standards that you have set down on paper beforehand. They may not appreciate it. They may not like it. They may they may get angry even if you call them out under the carpet for some shit that they're going to say that they don't do and they don't plan on doing and they're just fucking completely lying to you. Call them out. Just say, oh yeah, you know, we buy lunch every Saturday. Really? Every Saturday you buy lunch? Okay. What day is it today? It's Saturday. Okay. What's for lunch? Well, we're not doing it today. Okay. Well, I call bullshit. Okay, because you just said every day, and yet here's Saturday, and you're not doing it. And sometimes the lunch that they buy is, <laughs> I'm I'm just laughing because where I work now, they they provide lunch every Saturday for the staff, and uh, sometimes it's not so good. <laughs> but I'm not in charge of it, so uh, I, I I can't. I'm not to blame. And who's going to complain about free lunch? Well, it sounds like you are, Uncle Jimmy. You stupid fuck. <laughs> All right. That's enough of me for one day. Uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a big gulp of water, and Eric's going to have to edit that out, and then I'm going to sign off. And when I do that, I always do the same thing so that you know that the podcast is over, and that's this. See ya.